following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome back, everybody, to another exciting episode of Stories from the Sidelines. I'm Coach Larry. Matt Keogh, my co-host, cannot be here. So we've got the next best thing, my unofficial co-host. Megan, this is episode, I don't know, 37, 44 for you. I have no clue. Megan has been on so many times. She's the unofficial co-host of this show, Grand Island lacrosse coach, Miss Megan Doyle. Welcome back. Thank you for having me back. No problem. Again, I feel like it's just, it's been forever. It's, it's been a while. Forever. I thought you were like starting to hate me or something. I thought I did something to you. No, no, never, never, never. In fact, the last time we just saw each other about two weeks ago at the NFL track meet yeah. where, where you guys were hosting. Yes. I don't coach track, but. Don't coach track. <laughs> In fact, I, it was funny. We got, uh, we got on the bus maybe, I don't know, 10 minutes into the meet. And I get a text saying, where are you? I see your hat. Or I saw somebody coming off a bus with a hat. Is that you? It's got to be you. <laughs> Who else was, would it be? <laughs> absolutely. I love it. And I, it's just funny how many people just recognize me or know me just simply as the guy with the fedora. Yes. And it's you, you got to coach thing. with a little style. I think I want to start wearing a fedora. Listen, I will I will pass you down the fedora to I don't think I could pull it off. Oh, I absolutely think you could pull it off. That would be fantastic. Yeah. That would be like a proud moment. That would be like almost like passing, ceremoniously passing the torch. Passing the fedora. Passing the fedora. That would be outstanding. You got to let me know if you start coaching with the fedora. I'll let you know. That is fantastic. Speaking of coaching and speaking of feeling proud, um, I'm I'm coming in hot with such a proud moment. Uh, This past week was sectionals for uh, track and field. Not only, and uh, we had a guest on, our guest on, uh, Aaron um, Donnellan and Jess Newbert, some of my throwers, and I am a, I feel like a proud father. I'm a proud uh, coach here to say that Aaron Donnellan officially patched in track. She finished fourth. Yay! So fourth place, she threw 30 feet, six and a half inches, which was fantastic. Wasn't her PR, but was still good enough to get her fourth place. I don't know if you realize in track and field, they have what's called patching and track. So at sectionals, you get a blue patch if you finish first, okay. a red patch if you finish second, a th- uh, white patch I think is third place, and a green patch for fourth. So she was able to finish. She she snuck in there with green, and the fifth place throw was thirty feet five inches. So she literally got fourth place, got her patch by an inch. Really, which was fantastic. In fact, it was funny. During the throw, it was um, it was an athlete, a girl from Williamsville North. Okay. She had her throw, and Aaron and I instantly looked at each other like, ooh, that's going to be close. And it was the last throw. Um, in, in For shot put, you get three throws. There's two flights. They do um, places 16 through 9. Okay. They give three throws. Then they'll do a second flight with the, the best, the better throwers, with one through eight okay. ranked coming in. Out of all 16, the top eight, whoever throws the top eight farthest, mm-hmm. goes into a final round, and they get three additional throws. You're furthest from all those carryover. Okay. 
So it was literally the girl from Will North's final throw that almost knocked Aaron out of a patch, but she was able to hang on and she was able to get that patch, um, which was awesome. And for me, this was, this is my 11th or 12th year coaching track and field. I've had a number of qualifiers and she was my first patch. She was my first girl who, or first thrower of all, boys or girls, first thrower who got a patch, which was fantastic. That's so exciting. Um, it was. Oh, proud moment. Oh, it was such a proud moment. Um, <clears throat> Jess and Anjali, my other two throwers uh, on the girls' side, they did very well in discus, um, just didn't have one of their better days, though, and my heart went out for them. I mean, in fact, I had to have a nice little, you know, kind of uh, a heart-to-heart with Jess. You know, one of those, yeah. and I'm sure you've had to deal with it oh, as yeah. athletes where you get that, you know, just wasn't my day. Was... You got to cheer them up a little bit. Yeah. And it was, um, I, let's put it this way. I had my sunglasses on. I had the hat on. I had my sunglasses on. And I'm lucky I had my sunglasses on because, you know, it was a hot day and I might have been sweating a little bit and it might have been, you know, interpreted as something else. But no, it was I didn't want to shed a tear, but it was, um, you know, it was heartfelt. It was a girl, you know, you get some of these athletes who you've been coaching, especially in track and field since uh, both Aaron and Jess since ninth grade. You know, you see them, you see them grow up. Um, In fact, part of the speech that I told Jess, who when you think of throwers, you think of traditionally bigger kids, mm-hmm. you know, the uh, at the more stronger kids yeah. as you know, as opposed to the um, the sprinters, hurdlers, where you've got, you know, the, I guess, faster kids, the thinner kids. Um, but Jess comes in as this little twig. And I remember her as a freshman looking as as she's walking over as so we're splitting up into groups, throwers, hurdlers. There's when I first saw her, I'm like. In my mind, I'm like, okay, how do I tell this girl that she's probably should be a jumper? She probably should be a hurdler. And sure enough, every year she proved me wrong, proved me wrong. She showed me. (laughs) And I'm glad I never had that. Why don't you go into this other part of track conversation? Because she was um, awesome. One of my, by her senior year, was a captain on the team. That's amazing. Um, Topped out at had a PR of ninety one feet two inches in the discus. I have no clue what that means, but it sounds amazing. <laughs> it got her ranked uh, coming in. She was ranked. Um, she was ranked seventh in the sectional. Okay. Seventh in the section, so was fantastic. Um, and again, it's it was also one of those days where, and I'm sure as a spring athlete you got this. Prom was the day before. Uh, yeah. Prom. Prom was the day before. Not to say that she was, um, you know, she even said she was a coach. I went home early-ish. But, again, it's prom, and I'm sure that took a lot out of them. Um, Thankfully, Erin, you know, threw that Friday of prom, so she wasn't, you know, I'm sure exhausted. But, you know, it is what it is, but still um, could not have been prouder of either of those two. Um, Even Ryan Fink from the guy side, my my only guy uh, uh, discus qualifier this year, couldn't have been prouder of him either. You know, he, <laughs> after the NFL meet, after he PR'd with a 114-foot um, discus toss, which had him ranked 15 out of 16, oh, wow. I get a text from him later that day saying, Coach, I cut my finger. What do you mean you cut your finger? Well, I cut my finger cutting a piece of cheese. <laughs> so no. couldn't practice all week going up to sectionals. 
And you know, how it, bad was this cut? Uh, it was pretty bad. It was pretty deep. It was on the middle finger. What was he using to cut this cheese? When he when I, when I got the text, all I got was cut my finger on a mandolin. I thought it was the instrument. That's how that's how that's how ignorant I was. Honestly, I would have thought the same. And I'm looking. I'm like, how do you cut it on a mandolin? Like, were you just sitting there? Like, were you so happy you made sectionals? You're playing your mandolin at home? And he's like, no. Apparently, it's like a cheese grater yeah. or type of type of thing. So, and I'm looking at him like Ryan, use a butter knife. It's cheese. It's cheese. It's cheese. So, he so he overcame. Probably learned his lesson. He's he never. learned his lesson. And he was still, again, he was able to overcome it. You know, got a yeah. good, um, I think, a 90-foot throw in. Wasn't his best, but still. You know, he's he's a junior, thankfully, so he'll have another year to come back, learn from, uh, learn to stay away from cheese. But uh, he'll have one more year to, to redeem himself a little bit there. So you say 90-foot. Yep. What is, like... This is discus, right? This is discus. What is what is considered like average or really really good? Again, I know nothing about track. Um, well, uh, to put it in perspective, the winning throw this year for Division One, I, I believe, was a hundred and I want to say it was a hundred and forty five hundred in the hundred and forties. So a the furthest throw I've seen. Um, in a high school high school discus, this was oof, probably going on five six years ago. A thrower from Star Point um, topped out at 169 feet. Wow! Yeah, I'm like that seems like a lot. Oh that yeah, seems really far. Oh for sure. Um, the provisional the provisional mark for qualifying for sectionals. What you need to do is not only do you have to be in the top 16. But there's provisional marks that you have to hit, whether it's for uh, sprinters, hurdlers. In each event, there's a provisional mark that you have to hit. For discus this year for boys, it was 110 feet. Um, For girls discus, the provisional mark was 80 feet. Okay. Now, my other girl, Erin, who uh, patched and shot put, she threw 82 but that wasn't good enough to get her top 16. So not only do you have to hit at least the provisional mark, you have to hit in the top 16 of the state. Um, she was, her PR was 32 feet for shot put, and that was good enough to, to rank her fourth, which she was able to keep for a patch yeah. in sectionals. Um, so yeah, so 114, um, it's on most years, it's going to at least get you in the conversation for sectionals. Mm-hmm. In order to win sectionals, you're probably going to be looking at throwing in the 130s, 140s, or even into 150s. So that's pretty cool. It is, and it's um, it's a lot of fun, and it's super cool when you're just watching a kid where he really gets a hold of that shot put yeah. and sends that thing out, and it's just so cool watching. I feel like I'd dislocate my shoulder if I ever did it. <laughs> I don't think I could do it. <laughs> it's funny. I coached shot for now 11 years. And I have never coached or never thrown a shot put in discus ever. I was a distance runner. Larry. Oh, I was a distance runner. I was, I ran the, the 1600, the 3200, the 3200 relay. Those were my events. So were you in track before? I was in track. Okay. I didn't think I knew that. In high school, I was in track. I I ran track and field for Niagara Falls. Um, To this day, I believe it might've been broken, but up until the last I checked four years ago, I still hold or still held the freshman record 
for the mile with a 505 time. Larry, I'm so proud of you. Now again, <laughs> this was many, many, many moons ago. How many moons exactly? <laughs> uh, freshman year would have been 94. I graduated in 98, okay. so 94. What if that's still the record? I, the last I was able to find out and check was um, 2015. Um, somebody had told me that still held. That's still pretty so, pretty good. So pretty I'm, cool. Absolutely. Um, I'm still Thank proud you. about that. A little pat on my back here. But um, no, I was the only way I got, and I mentioned this story before, how I got throwing uh, coaching shot put in discus. Um, my first year right out of college, um, I was a lifeguard at a pool, and they had asked me you know, if I wanted to coach track and field. So I said, all right, great. They asked me what my experiences was. I said I was a distance runner, this, this, this. So they, I was originally hired as a distance coach, an assistant coach, but on to doing the distance. Literally three days before practice, the head coach comes up to me. He's like, all right, you know, Larry, what do you have for shot and disc? What do you plan on running? I'm like, I have nothing for shot and disc. What do you mean? He's like, oh, I, we forgot to tell you our distance coach came back, so we're going to move you to – coach our throwers we forgot to tell you we forgot to tell you oh, as in oh my god i've got three days <laughs> to prepare for shot put and discus i didn't even know how much a shot put weighed i didn't know what it like i knew what a discus looked yeah, like yeah, i yeah. had no idea how much does a shot put weigh uh for guys it's 12 pounds at high school and for the girls it's four kilograms so about 8.8 yeah i think 8.8 pounds is that four kilograms i, I have no clue <laughs> so I had no, I, I literally, and this would have been back in like, uh, let's see, my first year of coaching would have been 2003. Um, so Mr. Technology over here, I literally ran to the public library, picked up like three books on shot put and discus and studied all weekend and coached shot and disc. Oh, man. I did that for two years at that school. Then when I moved over to um, Kenmore and was interviewing for the position the assistant track position there at the time they asked me what my coaching experience was I was foolish enough to tell them well I did coach you know shot put and discus for two years so sure enough I became again the throwers coach and you know what I've grown to love it it's fantastic you know I think I know someone else who had no experience <laughs> in a sport they coached who's that who are you talking about over I there I don't know <laughs> Me, myself, and I. And how'd you how'd you get foolish enough? Who was the dummy that talked you into doing that? Oh, I don't know, Larry. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but again, and we've gone over this a little bit. I mean, I coached swimming and diving. I had yeah. no idea. Sometimes, especially, I feel like early on in your career, you just gotta okay, like you just kind of do, do what you gotta do. You you get your foot in the door. You sometimes you know it it works out great. Yeah. Other times you end up you know, whatever, but even when you end up whatever, as yeah. long as you can, as long as you show them that you're doing your best, as long as you show them that you're trying, as long Absolutely. as you show them that you're making an effort, yeah, you know, it, it usually works out really well. Yeah. How many coaches are typically in track? Like, how many track coaches are there usually? Um, I'd say most teams are going to have at least, at least three. Okay. Um, at Ken East, we have four paid and one volunteer. Um, we have. Oh, that's good. That's like a solid number. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's funny because technically I'm the girls head coach mm -hmm. and, um, Erica Marconi is our, my girl, my assistant, girl's assistant. Then we have Tim Mativier, who's the boys head coach and Dan Norton, who, you know, from park yeah. is the boys assistant coach. Okay. Um, but I say assistant coach, boys, girls, because we don't really run it that way. 
boys or girls, I'll take all the distance runners or distance yeah. throwers, distance runners, sorry. I'll take all the throwers. So I'll take shot put discus, whether they're boys or girls. Um, Tim Mativier, he'll take all the girls distance. He'll also coach some of the jumpers, yeah. uh, the high jumpers. Um, Erica usually does all the, uh, she'll help out with the mid distance, the distance. Um, Dan Norton will do long jump. He'll also do the sprinters. And then we got our assistant coach, our quote unquote volunteer, but a, a, a guy who I know I've learned way, way more than any other coach I've ever learned in the business. Uh, Jeff Brunger, who was the previous head coach. Uh, I think he gave it up. I think he stopped coaching at Kenmore East back in 2005, I believe, 2006. But anyways, in fact, he was the he was the head coach of our current head coach, Tim Mativier. Okay. He was his coach, um, Jeff Brunger, who is, he just does everything. I mean, he primarily does hurdles and uh, pole vaulting, but he's just that coach where if you have a question, he's got the answer. He's just that, that coach of all coaches. And he usually comes in anytime from, you know, three to five days um, a week, depending on how busy the schedule is. But he's just awesome. Always there to lend a helping hand. And the kids love him. He still relates to the kids. Um, and it's just fantastic. To, I Like I said, and I've said this when we had him on as a guest, I've personally learned a ton from him as a coach. So it was great to – and it's great that he's still a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And – Another little uh, proud moment, our guys, 4 by 8 team, the 3200 Relay, was able to win at sectionals and qualified, and they are going to states. They will be heading off to the state meet this Saturday in Cicero, New York. I have no clue where that is. A little about 20 minutes north of Syracuse. Oh, okay. So north Syracuse. That's so, so exciting. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely, and I know um, Tim will be – taking the bus down because he's the head coach of the boys team and he's worked with a distance. So rightfully so he'll be taking the bus down with the section team on Thursday. I believe they leave. Um, coach Brunger is going to drive down Friday and Saturday. Uh, the team runs on Saturday. The four by eight team really runs on Saturday. So myself, um, coach Norton and uh, coach Marconi, we are all going to drive down Saturday and catch their run and hopefully Catch another victory, but they're doing what we're uber proud. In fact, this is the first year in first time in eight years we'll be sending um, a team or an athlete of any kind to the state meet. Oh, that's great. So it is fantastic. In fact, the last time, and it's funny, the last time we sent a person to the state meet was the year that I met Vicky, my my wife now. That was the chaperone, that was the trip that I chaperoned on, where I literally went from the chaperone trip up to the state meet, and then back home. Wow. So I love the state meet. It's a lot of fun. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So cool. So always, always a lot of fun. And I'm over excited about it. And, again, it's a great group of kids um, that, you know, some of them I've, you know, had since or known since they were seventh graders. Um, I feel like that has to be so fun, like, coaching for – like, seeing kids – from point A to point B, just learn your Absolutely. Course, you know, to like graduation and how much they grow and develop and what it, they accomplish. It's just so awesome. And I feel like as as a coach, it's kind of rare to see like kids from seventh grade because typically 
like even in lacrosse, you yeah. might see him if you're the modified coach, you're going to see him at seventh and eighth grade, mm. and then they'll get another coach for JV, and then they'll get another yeah. coach for varsity. Sometimes you might have a little carryover, like if you were coaching them in JV, and then maybe you moved up with them for varsity. Yeah. But typically in high school, I feel like you're only seeing a kid maybe two, three years tops. Yeah. And it's um, it's been a treat to see some of these kids, like the, the members of the team, Josh Alderman. I remember having not only having him as a seventh grader, but having his older brother Connor, who um, was able to see him run at, at sectionals and, yeah. and break the uh, and qualify for states. So um, having him since seventh grade. Um, in fact, I'm going to give a big shout out to the team. Uh, we've got Henry and Sidney Morris, so two brothers on there on the team, which I think is really cool. Andrew Rowland and Josh Alderman. So. Shout out to uh, shout out to the Bulldogs four by eight team that's making states. Um, I don't know if they listen to my podcast, but they're either. they're they're getting a shout out regardless. That's exciting! I oh, I'm so happy for you. Yeah, I'm excited for them. Excited for you. It's just an awesome time. Yeah, good now, time to be Larry. <laughs> absolutely. Now that I've do- done a little bragging, how I'm, are you guys done? Is everything? How did girls lacrosse go for GI this year? So JV's been done for a while, and oh, it was. And I was talking to you a little bit earlier about it. I'm like, it was one of those years where we only won one game this year for JV. For JV, but they did so well every game. And this year, I had a group where I had a lot of new first-year players, and I feel like the JV level, that can go one of two ways. Either everyone else is kind of there with you, like has a lot of first-year players, or you have like a team that was all the girls that were cut from varsity. And it was kind of one of those years. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. But it was, I was like saying, I'm like, it was so, I was so frustrated, but also so proud of them all at the same time, because like every game they were doing exactly what they needed to do. Like their defense was looking really good, but I have like, you know, three seventh graders on defense who are five foot playing against girls who are like five nine and it was just they need to like build that muscle and they're just not there yet so jv it was a very i thought it was a very successful year but the the score the record just didn't and it's show fun- that, you know and, and that's such an and i think a lot of times only a coach will get that statement where all right we're a lot better than the record says we were yes. you know yeah we only won game but i'm so happy with this season and I said, I know, I feel like I was a, I like, a record. Like I just kept saying that over and over and over again. And I will say they were such a positive group of kids, and they were a really good team. Like in the beginning, especially if we were like losing by a lot, they were just positive and they just kept playing the entire time. I feel like very rarely they like shut down mentally during a game. It was usually like after the game they'd get frustrated about it or. Towards the end of the season, I think they started to get in their heads a little bit more. But oh, for it's, sure, it's hard. I mean, losing, losing—it's—it's it's never fun to lose, yeah. and especially if you have a losing season. I mean, as an athlete, as a coach, yeah, I'm sure you've been a part of it. I know I have been a part of it. Um, it takes a toll on you. Yeah. But at the same time, you've just got to keep pushing th- forward. And I mean, as a coach, there's been many times where I'm looking, I'm like, okay, we had one win, or we had no wins, or we had two wins, but man, this was a great season. Yeah. And I, I like, I, our second to last game, I was telling them that. I'm like, I'm like, ladies, I don't, like, I, you have so much potential. 
Like moving forward, you are going to be so good. I'm like, you listen, you're so coachable. Like from point A to barely being able to like hold and pass with the stick to now, I'm like, you look so good. And there's been so much improvement and that's only going to continue to improve. And I can see them. I can feel them like trying not to roll their eyes at me because they're like, oh, we lost every game. (laughs) And it's funny because I know in track and field, it's a unique sport where, I mean, you get coaches that'll happen to just see an athlete or happen to be talking to you or whatever. And then they'll tell your athlete something that you've told them over and over and over and over again. But the fact that they're hearing it from an outside source, they'll look at you like, really? Like, like. And as a coach, you love hearing it. You love hearing the other coaches, you know, help out when they can. Yeah. But at the same time, you kind of want to look at them like, I just literally spent the last the three and three months telling you this. And now because Coach X over here yes. said something to you. That was actually so this year um, in the beginning of the season, I didn't have a goalie. So I had to, like, choose a new girl and train her as a goalie. Now, is it in lacrosse, is it just – I know sometimes in soccer it's, like, hard to find a goaltender, especially those years. You're like, all right, we need somebody. Somebody – yeah. it, is it like in lacrosse? I, it, I mean, I think it depends on the year because sometimes you'll be like, oh, we need a goalie, and you'll have three girls be like, oh, I want to try. I want to do it. And then other times no one wants to, and that was one of these years where finally one girl came up to me, and she was like, okay, like, I'll try it, and I threw her in. And she was good. Like, she had everything. I'm like, you are going to be so good if you actually put in the work for this. And she did. And I, again, like, goalie, becoming, as a goalie, you need to, like, build up your speed and tracking the ball. And that takes time. There's a lot of things. You just need to build up that muscle memory. But her body position, she was always where she needed to be. She, like, put in the extra work. She almost every game had like more than 50% of her saves. And as like a first year goalie, that's a lot. I'll say that's but awesome. again, when we're losing, especially for her and it being a first year, it's so hard. But with that, like, I kid you not, every single game I had a referee or the other coach come up to me and be like, your goalie's fantastic. Oh, absolutely. And I was like, yeah. And I would tell her that. And she's like, you yeah, know. <laughs> But, oh, she's she's going to be really good. And I have a really bad feeling my varsity coach is going to take her next year and I'm going to have to train a new one. <laughs> well, that's like I said with um, our our girls goaltender, George. Yeah. I mean, she was kind of the same way. And especially that year that she did play JV for me when I moved up from Modify the JV and she moved up with me. I mean, we were getting – we were a very, very young JV team at that point. Yeah. We had a lot of eighth graders. And I mean, there were times we were getting beat five nothing, six nothing, ten nothing, mm-hmm. and she would. But she was facing like twenty five, thirty shots a game. But every single game, coaches were, you know, she's going to be good, yeah. or she's a great goaltender. And you keep telling her that, but then she looks at the scoreboard like, "All right, you say I'm good, but coach, I just gave up seven goals." Yeah, like, and it's it's hard for an athlete to hear if we did good. Yeah, we just got destroyed so it's it is what it is but now picking out a goaltender since you used to play goal yeah if you don't have like did you ever get into a spot where you didn't have a volunteer but you're kind of just looking just from being a goaltender you're looking like all right she has maybe that qualified maybe I should go up to her or her because they just have that it that could maybe make them a good goaltender so and here's the thing the funny thing about it is the girl that I did choose she definitely had the it like, I could tell. I threw in, and I always, when I, the first thing I'll ever do when training a goalie is I play catch with them. So I just take a ball, I don't give them any equipment, and I just throw the ball at them, and I show them, like, how they should be stepping to it, and then have them catch it. Okay. So that's a, the very first thing I do. 
and like just doing that with her i'm like her stepping was good she was like seeing it getting her, like you could tell um i had one other girl in mind again i was like mm, i feel like you could be really good but i brought it up with her i was like hey so if i put you in goal just to try it how would you feel and she's like absolutely not <laughs> she was like absolutely not and i was like okay and that's the thing too you can't i feel like you can't force someone to be a goalie because they're just gonna they're gonna hate it and they're gonna hate it and then they probably won't return if they don't have that like good season or feeling or very true and i think a lot of people too don't realize that even for soccer i mean you can move players around on the field where sometimes you might need them for 15 minutes on defense you might need them at midfield or forward and i think players are definitely more pliable to doing that or at least open-minded about doing that but it's something about like when you're getting in the goal like oh no 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 i don't i don't i don't want to do that they get they get that almost deer in headlights yeah look. and like something i look for is i i look for someone very athletic and that was i was very nervous the goalie i'd go with this year i was very nervous and i was like do i pull her from the field because she's good on the field like she was going to be if she played the field this year i'm pretty sure she was going to be one of my star players and i was like do i want to pull her from that and have her like be what i think is going to be a really good goalie or do i keep her on the field and let her keep developing and I put her in goal, and it it worked out for me. So, <laughs> now was she your only goaltender? Did she play all year long? Or? So she played the whole year for us. Um, we have a goalie and modified who's been playing too. So like, I was hoping, I was really hoping this year she was going to come up and play with me on JV, but she stayed with modified. And I chose my goalie this year, and then the varsity goalie is a senior, so she's. So that's this why you're you're a little nervous. Um, now, what what grade is your goaltender that you just trained this year? Um, freshman. Okay. So, I, I know I'm just trying to be optimistic here, but I know, and I mean, I, I think everything you do as a JV coach, and you know this too, like you you do it for varsity, and you do it for them to keep growing and developing, like gaining. Oh, so for I, sure. I know, I know it would be the best decision for her probably to be with varsity next year, but. Oh, absolutely. I'll be sad to see her go. And I'll still work with her though. So <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Thankfully the last um the last two years, you know, when I was up helping Jamie with varsity, um, it was, you know, it was great. But I know the years before when I was the J V coach, during those tryouts, I'd be like, oh, okay, this kid's only an eighth grader or only a ninth grader. She's she will be a starter, beyond starter, dominant player on JV. Yeah. Jamie's going to steal her. Or the varsity coach is going to steal her. And you're happy and you're proud and you want that kid to develop and you want that kid to go up to, to varsity. Yeah. But the competitor, the coach inside of you is like, just give me one year. Just give me one year with her. Like, yeah. <laughs> and there's been sometimes, like, of course, after tryouts, and I know we, when you've been um, with us for tryouts, you know, we'll, we'll get together, be like, all right, what do you think about this person? What do you think about that person? And there's been, you know, when you, as a JV coach, when you get like, all right, well, what do you think about this person? Mm-hmm. As a JV coach, you try not to talk them up too much. I know. But, but when you coach with somebody like JV, she already, she'll look at you like, Larry, she's coming up to varsity. No. <laughs> but, um... It's always a great thing, or even if one of your girls on JV is having a fantastic year. Yeah. Um, and the next thing you know, varsity has an injury, and it's, again, I never hold a girl back. You always say, all right, Jamie, here's my, if a midfielder goes down, here's my top two midfielders, mm-hmm. here's my top two forwards, here's my top overall player yeah. defense, and I'm sure you've done this for your varsity coach, but at the same time, 
you know, in the back of your head, you're like, I'm going to lose her. I don't want to lose her. I don't want to lose this kid. I but feel like I'm going to lose half my team next year. <laughs> and it's a good thing, though. It's, it, it is. It really is. It's a great thing. But it's at the same time as a competitive coach, yeah. it's something you. It, I think that's what it is. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm like, I just want to work with them one more year. Like, I want to have them one more year. But I know it's it's for the best that they go up. Absolutely, and um, you know, early on in my career, especially as a JV coach, early on in my career, it was something that I really just had to get used to. You know, you yeah. don't sh- you don't show it around the kids. You don't show it around your your head coaches or whatever. But when you get home, you, you know, you are sitting there kind of like you know yeah blankety blank 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 well that happened actually this year with jv soccer was i mean because you guys kept pulling it was i feel so badly because we we like picked the bones of your team like we had i and jamie who was on earlier for one of our episodes neither of us can remember just a time where everybody went down and i think i think i jinxed it because at tryouts after we cut for trials and after we made the varsity JV cuts, I, I said to both of you, I was like, this is awesome. I was like, we've got a team of 18 varsity and we've got a team of like 16 JV. Yeah. This is fantastic. Solid. We almost have two full teams and it did not last very long. Yeah, guess what, Larry? <laughs> <laughs> because then you had some injuries of your own. Yeah. Not only that, everybody, including I think some parents, got hurt on our team. So we're like, we're dwindling as we got down to like 15, 14. We're like, all right, sorry, Meg, we got to yeah. steal some. And it is like, I mean, I, I've gotten, to, I think my first year was the worst where I like didn't understand that yet. We're like, oh, they're taking girls. Like it was more frustrating that first year because I, I mean, you know, it was like first year coach. You don't, you're, you're figuring it out. Now I get it. Now I'm like, okay, everything, everything's for varsity because varsity has sectionals. They have, absolutely. It's like, a, it means more. But the girls don't understand that. And on soccer no. this year, they were like, why do they keep taking what about us coach and i'm like well like you'll be on varsity someday and this is probably going to happen when you're up there too and they're like but now we don't have a team yeah and it and it gets it's unfortunate yeah um i know for myself i've never really had that as a jv i mean i played all five years on varsity for soccer yeah um as an eighth grader i just never really as a player i never really had that that all right it's just all about varsity for me, my moment came when I started coaching. Yeah, when I was coaching was... JV, it was just, oh, this this stinks. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you mean you're taking my top three players? I need them. They're my top three players. Yeah, and it's just like it's like, all right, well, wait, we we just started off the season four and zero, oh, and you're taking them, but then it's you've got to have that like, hey, would you rather have a undefeated JV season, or would you rather have a varsity team that's competitive in sectionals? Or, yeah. you know, it's for the greater good. Mm-hmm. You've got to push them up. And it's like, it's so good for the girls because then they're playing at that higher level and like they're getting, mm-hmm. I, it's just so important. And I will say at the end of our season, um, my goalie did get pulled up for sectionals because we wanted a backup. Cause, oh, like, for sure. only one goalie on for varsity. Sure. And I will say over the like two, three weeks she was up with varsity, her, her speed, she was so much quicker. She was a completely different goalie than when she ended with me. And I'm like, it's it's really amazing to watch that development. Oh, absolutely. Now, for, for lacrosse, is there a – do you have a roster limit when you – like for varsity, when especially for sectionals, or is it pretty much you can bring up whoever you want? I honestly don't know for sure if there's an actual limit. Um, I've always just done how many uniforms I have is how many I keep. Okay. So – I didn't know if um, – like especially going into sectionals or even just going into the games – 
I didn't know if they they put a cutoff at like 18, 20. I would 20. say if there, if there is, it's probably like 25 to 28 maybe. Okay. So I was going to say, is that like your average roster size of a lacrosse, of a lacrosse team? So, yes. Well, it depends. You can have – you have 12 on a field. Mm-hmm. And that's counting the goaltender, right? Yes. Okay. I had to like count for a second. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I'm like, there's only 11 players, but then you have your goalie. Um. So, and the way I think about it too, like I, you have 12 and it's nice to have like 12 on the side too. Like okay. in my brain, like I, I would like to have a full like second string. Oh, for sure. Just in case of injuries, because you'll, my, you'll have years where like this year for soccer where everyone gets injured. Yeah. And I know for soccer, we usually keep, you want if I guess a full team technically is considered 18, but yeah. you know, you want to keep a little more. I know for us when you're keeping, when you get upwards of like 22, 23, 24, um, at that point you're kind of running into like, all right, you, you know, may, uh, players like 16 through 20 might not be getting yeah. any time at all. Players 20 through, you know, the end of the line, yeah. yeah, it's almost guaranteed you're not getting in. And I think for me, too, like, at 24, I feel like that is kind of a high number. But, again, for JV, I feel like you can work with that. Oh, for you sure. You know, like, it's it's different than varsity because I feel like I can give everyone that time where, you know, some girls are going to get, like, pulled up next year and then others will get more time. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Now, do you – what's your – because we've had different coaches on here – um, whether it's been soccer, lacrosse, mm-hmm. um, what's your philosophy on having a kid play all uh, lacrosse is what forty eight minutes or is um, it sixty minutes? Two twenty five minute halves. Okay, so two twenty five minute halves, so fifty minutes. Mm-hmm. So, would you rather have a an athlete play say forty to fifty minutes, dominating on the JV level? Or would you rather have them maybe playing, say, five to ten minutes on the varsity level, knowing that they're coming in off the bench, maybe only coming in for spot duty? Like, what's your philosophy on that? So I think it really depends on the player. And I'm very lucky because I feel like my varsity coach and I are on the same page for this, where we'll look at a girl and we'll know her and, like, mentally she's going to do better playing with that level, even if she's not going to get playtime. Okay. But then you have other girls that that need it mentally. Like if they're not playing, they're going to shut down and they're going to stop trying. So then it's like, okay, let them get more playing time on JV and become a leader. And then that will like be better for them when they do go to varsity. So I think it really, it comes down to the player themselves. Okay. That's just, that's my opinion. No, for sure. For sure. And I'm under the, and I see it both from coaching varsity, JV, even coaching modified. My philosophy always is, you know, as long as they're going to play. Yeah. Like whether it's when I was coaching modified, whether a JV coach wanted to bring them up up to JV mm-hmm. or when I was coaching JV, if a JV coach wanted to bring them up to varsity. My first question to that coach or even when this year when we've had to call them up, my first thought in my head is, is this kid going to at least play in a soccer game, you know, is out of the 90 minutes – are they going to play at least 20 to 30 minutes? Yeah. If they're going to get considerable playing time, unless it's a situation where we just need the bodies on the bench, yeah, like we did this year, if they're going to get considerable playing time, then bring them up. Yeah. If we've got 18 players and you're going to bring this kid up as the 19th body, 
you know what? Leave them down at JV. Yeah. They might be whining a little bit. They might be dominating. They might be like, well, coach, I've just, I'm, I'm averaging two goals a game. This is, you know what? Stay down there. Continue to dominate. Yeah. You're only a freshman. You're only an eighth grader. Continue to dominate. We'll call you if you need, we need you. There, your chancellor's probably coming up for sectionals just for experience. Mm-hmm. Maybe, and we've had this where maybe we bring you up for varsity practices, but you're still playing JV. Yeah. We want you to develop down there. Which, I mean, I think overall, too, I, I would agree that I think anyone is going to learn more from playing more. Absolutely. Like you need that game experience to really understand and develop those very specific skills. But I think there are, like, um, my varsity coach pulled up three this year who didn't play a whole lot, but I think just playing with the varsity level, like the girls on the team have pushed them to be so much better. And I think next year they're all going to be starters. Oh, for sure. So it's like... It gave them a little of, bit of yeah, that confidence. Yeah. So, I don't know. Which Tough is, question. It's, it's... It is. And I mean, there's really, there's really no philosophy to mm-hmm. it. There are other coaches, and I totally respect their answer, where, no, they want they don't care if they're the... 18th, they're the fourth, fifth, sixth player coming in off the bench. Yeah. Um, if they're good enough, if they can handle the practices, they want them up on varsity. They want to almost, you know, develop them themselves. Yeah. Where I get that you want them doing the same philosophy as varsity. You want them ready to play, but like you said, it's and and my thought is too. You just you can't simulate game experience. Mm-hmm. You can practice with varsity. All you want, you can run, and and you get a lot of experience there. You learn a lot, you develop a lot. Yeah. But getting into that game, whether it's a JV game or a, a varsity game or whatever game, you can't simulate that experience. Yeah. No matter the scrimmage, yeah. you can't simulate that intensity or that pressure just on yourself. Absolutely. Now I have a question, kind of off topic. Sure. So when you've coached like JV soccer, have you had an assistant or is it just you? For JV soccer, it was always me. I've never had an assistant. Do you ever have a problem with subbing? Like, you forget to sub, you lose track of time, and you do not get kids in because you're just so involved in the game? Because that became one of my problems this year, was I was, like, not getting kids the time they probably deserve because I was so, like, lost in the game happening. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Not at the JV level, because it's funny, my first... my first high school experience or high school uh, experience in coaching was varsity. Yeah, I was the varsity girls head coach at the park school, but I remember my and we only had at the time we only had 13, 14 girls, thirteen. Yeah. We were a smaller team, and that was I remember the first game going. It was a tight game against Niagara Catholic, mm-hmm. and I didn't even realize. I think up until maybe I don't know this ten minutes into the second half that I had only subbed in one girl. Like, I had only made one sub just because it was it was a 2-1 game or a 1-1 game. Yeah. I think we ended up, we ended up, um, uh, we ended up losing, I think, uh, or no, we tied. We ended up tying 2-2. Two two. And I just got so involved in the game. And I knew that we had 11 starters. Yeah. To put this nicely, we had 11 starters. I wouldn't say all 11 of them were soccer players at that point, but we had 11 soccer starters. My maybe one sub, even though I technically had three or four, but maybe one sub. Um, and I didn't even realize until I kind of looked back and I'm like, Oh, Oh, ah, yeah. Okay. 
again, and it was it was one of those things where you start thinking like, all right, do I want to put this person in? Okay, I've got to get them a few minutes. Even though technically on varsity, it's not like JV or modified where yeah. you've got to get them in, but you still want to get them at least in so yeah. they can come back. So then in my head, I just started thinking, all right, where can I put this person where they're not going to kill us on the field? Where can I kind of, quote unquote, yeah. hide this player for five, ten minutes so it's not going to give up a goal? Yeah. So usually I'll kind of just shove them somewhere on the field that's not going to kill us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was my biggest thing that I had to learn kind of on the fly is how to sub. I was like, I feel like I've never had a problem with it until this year. And I would look at the clock and there'd be like, oh, like. 10 minutes left and I'd realize I didn't get someone in. <laughs> yeah. You get caught up in that yeah. moment. Um, and sometimes, you know, you'll get that player that'll, or you'll hear the rumblings on the bench, like coach, I haven't got in yet. Coach, yeah. I want to get in yet. I hate that. I hate that. And I'll look back and I'm like, you'll get in when you get in. But That's, then it does kind of give you that alarm. You look at the oh watch, but like, Ooh, okay. You're not going to say this to them, but like, all right, yeah. they're right. And yeah, I mean, I feel like just that's something you just gain. Again, we talked about nothing compares to playing as a game as a player. Yeah. You can't simulate that as a coach because mm-hmm. it's different as a scrimmage. As a scrimmage, you usually have that internal clock, or sometimes you'll put a clock in the field every 10 minutes. Yeah. All right, next wave in. All right, let's switch it up. But in a game, you're not really thinking about all that. Nope. So, yeah, it definitely can get tough. But uh, that first season of even adversity. It took me a little bit, and I'm not going to lie, there I I had a, a couple, the first half of the season, I had a couple concerned parents that their kids, uh, that their daughters weren't getting a lot of playing time. Yeah. Um, and for me, I had to tell them, you know, you have to tell them, well, you know, I'm trying my best, but at the same time, you have to let them know this is also a varsity sport. You know, this is competitive. We're here to win. This isn't. 7th and 8th grade soccer. This isn't JV soccer. Yeah. We're here to play to our best ability. Yeah, absolutely. You know, right now your daughter isn't ready to get on the field yet. Mm-hmm. And I think telling that as a parent, you have to learn how to word it as a coach too. Yeah. Because you can't go in there like, I know what I'm, because you're going to get run off yeah. really quickly. I've been very fortunate with parents. I feel like a lot of parents have had their support, and I haven't had too many issues. I think the first time I've ever had an issue with a parent was this year with soccer, and I told you all about it. Mm-hmm. I won't get into it right now, but. That's for another, that's for another, <laughs> for another time. another day. <laughs> but, yeah, I've been, I've been really lucky, um, especially when I've got, uh, when I started coaching at Kenton, or at Kenmore, um, I mean, I every coach has their brushes with parents, and I yeah. did as well, too. And usually the biggest thing is playing time. And you just got to sit and explain to them. And I remember one of my biggest years where I got, I got a lot of guff from parents. And it was funny. Usually, Kenmore, there'll be times that we're, our teams are either very light or we get a lot. Yeah. And one year as a 7th and 8th grade coach – Boys modified. It was a year where we had, I think I had 25, 26 kids come out for tryouts, wow. which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, I got to the point after a week's worth of tryouts, you know, I sat down and talked with a few other coaches that I knew, got their input. I could have trimmed the roster down to 18 and left it at that, but mm-hmm. I would have had to cut about six, seven kids. Mm-hmm. Or, and this was what I decided, I'm going to have my main roster 
and I'm going to have like a practice squad where these kids, these seven or eight kids are going to come to practice. These seven or eight kids are going to do the drills, work hard. They were mostly seventh graders. Um, I think I had one or two eighth graders, but, and I explained to their parents during the coaches meeting, I pulled all seven of them after the, after the coaches meeting and Mm -hmm. explained to them, your son is not going to get in games. Maybe if we're up big, maybe if we're down big, hopefully not down big, but if the game's out of hand, mm-hmm. maybe I can get them a couple minutes towards the end, but we're not, they're there to be on the practice squad. Yeah. You know, these are the 18 there. Of course you get, oh, that's great. Thanks coach. That's great. We're just happy to be a part of the team. Thank you for not cutting him. We're, he's so excited. Yeah, yeah. That lasted for about one game mm-hmm. where I get half and modified, you know, we do quarters instead yeah, of halves. Yeah. So first quarter, none of the practice squad plays. Second quarter, I start getting one parent in particular. You know, coach, my son's not playing. Get him in again. And I'm not going to say the kid's name. Yeah. But not playing, not playing. You know, get him in, get him in. And went on in the third quarter, went on in the fourth quarter. Happened to be a very close game. Uh, I think it was against NT, but happened to be a very close game where we won at the end. And, of course, the parent comes storming over, Coach, why didn't my son get him? And blah, 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 blah. And I just looked at him. This is all I said to him. Sir, we talked about this. He is a practice squad player. The other practice squad players did not get in. This was not a close game. If he's not okay and if you're not okay, your son is free to leave the team. And he kept going and going and going. I just at that point turned my back. Grabbed my equipment, walked off, and of course, still yapping and yapping and yapping. I lost my temper a little bit. I turned around and said, probably louder than I should, I told you what I needed to tell you. Thank you, sir. Goodbye. And just continued off. And I had so many parents. I'll never forget the next day at practice, I had three parents come up to me, and I'm like, oh, my God, here comes the S-storm. It's And they were like, I can't believe you kept your cool. I can't believe you kept your temper. Good for you. And I'm just looking. I'm like, okay, I'm not getting ripped apart here. This is why I have a 24-hour rule. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'll tell a lot of my parents, don't talk to me till after. Yeah. But, um, in fact, that might have been one of the that might have been that one might- of the games that instilled my 24-hour rule. But, um, you know, they were and to the kid's credit, the kid understood. Yeah. The kid continued to play. In fact, I think the kid, you know, in, in not come out and apologize, but in so many words said, you know, sorry, coach. I, I think kids sometimes get it more than the parents. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think the kids are there. They they understand. And I think parents always want what's best for their child. So for they're sure. They're always going to like, not always, but some put up a fight for them. And I respect that. You know, I know as, as an athlete, I mean, yeah. my stepdaughter, Sarah. I know, especially when she was on modified basketball. Yeah. Um, her seventh grade year, she didn't get all that much playing time. Mm-hmm. I remember not getting hot. I never talked to the coach. I never questioned anything he did. Mm-hmm. But just in the back of my mind, be like, you know, she should be playing more. She, but I trusted their coach. Yeah. That was his deal. I would never, you know, unless they're doing something that's putting the kids in harm's way. Yeah. I'm never going to question a coach's yeah. decision. But don't get me wrong, there were times oh, where absolutely. there were times where I would have to, you know, 
put you know put the hand in my mouth yeah and and bite down sure. a little bit but it's you know it's the kids usually get it yeah the kids usually get it yeah and in fact every time when I would there would be a few times where I'd ask Sarah about it but like don't you she'd be like you know they're better than me yeah she'd be like I'm getting better I'm working my way into, but they're better than me and I was so proud of her the fact that she yeah. says it that was one thing I will always credit my parents for, especially my dad. My dad said it to me. He's like, Megan, aren't you proud of me? I never complained once to your coaches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tell it all the time for Sarah. I remember when she, you know, as an eighth grader, as a ninth grader, when she started playing more and more, she started getting into the games. Yeah. I always compared her to the Dennis Rodman type, where she was a great, not the crazy hair, not the crazy Dennis Rodman, but she was a very good basket. She was a very good defensive player, a yeah. rebounder. Um, you know, she'd score, you know, maybe five, ten points a game. Yeah, but me. Me too. Really? <laughs> yeah. But she was super aggressive, and she was yeah. she was one of the bigger girls on a team, so she would always get the rebounds, and... I remember the first game, it was a very close game. You know, she'd make plays, and I'm kind of cheering in the sidelines. And I wasn't that that idiot in the stands by any means, mm-hmm. but a couple times if there was a bad call, you know, I'd go along and be like, what are you talking? Who are you? Oh, me, no. <laughs> I always keep my temper. But, no, and and I remember just hearing about it. And I didn't go all that crazy, but yeah. just after, you know, when we got home, she'd be like, you were too much. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, you were too much. You did just cheer, just clap. That's it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, sorry. But I had to be reminded yeah. I'm not coaching. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm sitting there as a fan. I think, and let me know how you feel about this. I think basketball is the worst sport when it comes to like parents and people in the crowd. It can be rough. I think it is the most. I don't want to say political, but I feel like there's a lot of politics in basketball oh, that you don't sure. see in other sports. Oh, for sure. I think so. That's another sport that I knew nothing about and coached. Yeah. JV basketball for a year. You coached basketball? I coached JV basketball Larry, for one year. Larry, what happened you coached? <laughs> uh, well, let's see. I've coached girls swimming and diving. I coached JV basketball. I coached uh, track and field. Mm-hmm. I coached, um, what else did I coach? I coached boys and girls tennis. I coached, you coached tennis too? I coached too? tennis. Did I know that? I think I've told you before. I, you probably have. I played tennis, so that's. Oh, I was. I played tennis one year in high school. I oh, was not very good. I loved. Tennis. I was second doubles at best. Um, I coached softball. I coached uh, bowling, of course. Bowling. Yes, um, I know that one. Uh, indoor track. I've. I've, it I've all. coached a ton. Wow. I've coached a ton, and I'm just a soccer and track and field person. Yes, I understand. <laughs> I'm not a soccer person, but I coach it. But yeah, that was another thing. In fact, going um, into the JV interview for basketball, mm-hmm. um, it was another one. It was at uh, that school that I was right out of college. I was the lifeguard there. Um, and I remember the AD asked, he was like, you know, we're looking for a JV basketball coach. Yeah. Do you have any experience? I was like, no. I was like, no, thank you. Thank you for putting keeping me in mind. Um, he's like, well, why don't you just come on the, why don't you just apply for it? I'll interview you for it. It'll be good interview experience. Yeah. Okay. So went on the interview about an hour after the interview, he calls me back into his office. He's like, all right, well, you know, here's your, here's your team. Here's your this, here's your that. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Um, I, this was just interview experience, right? He's like, oh no, you're going to be the JV basketball coach. I'm like, how? 
He's like, you're the only one who applied. Like, you son of a... That's how it was for soccer. I was going in, like, just interviewing, like, experience. Larry wanted me to. <laughs> I always do what Larry says, unless it involves the rink and puss suit. But that's the cutoff. That's the we, cutoff. we found the cutoff. Um, but I was went in, and then he was like, yeah, so, like, you'll start this day and this and that. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that was the year that I moved up from Modified mm -hmm. to JV. And we were looking for a coach pretty much all summer long. Yeah. And, you know, I was that your first year at Park or was that your second year at Park? I can't remember that. Um, I think it may have only been my first year. Because I remember we had worked together that year. Yeah. And I remember uh, Jamie asked a couple other people. I asked a couple people that I knew from soccer. Nobody could really do it. Brett was You're asking like, people. Who doesn't know how to say no? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think it, in fact, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was your first year and I had yeah. literally asked you to do everything. And I remember you were talking about, um, how you had played sports, you, yeah. you know, just, just from, you know, whatever the time at the camp and you were like, you know, you were athletic. I'm like, all right, you know, she's athletic. She knows sports. Maybe she'd like to coach soccer. Well, like that was the thing was I, I knew I wanted to get into coaching. I knew I wanted to coach lacrosse, but I was like willing to do anything. I think the whole, the fact, what I was nervous about was I was going to be a head coach of a sport I've never played. Oh, for sure. Which I think, honestly, like I enjoyed my years on Modified. I think this was just my first rough year and it was kind of due to COVID. So it was, it was, yeah. it was a crazy it was like a year. It was weird year. It really was all total. It was a crazy year, yeah. but I think you handled it extremely well. Thank you. All thanks to you. No, 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 no. Um, no, you did, but again, it's something where you put in the work. I mean, yeah. I remember you'd call me up, Larry, what can I run this? Larry, can, can you write some drills down for me? But that's again, where I feel like if you're a coach, if you're willing to go out of your way to ask, to do stuff, to mm -hmm. find information, you're going to be successful. And you can tell the coaches that do that, or you can tell the coaches that are just there to collect the paycheck Throw out, so, all right, girls, just go run some laps, go yeah. do these drills. All right, all right, everybody did good. Okay, we'll Goodbye. see you tomorrow <laughs> practice. Um, and you, you can tell right off the bat that you were willing to do that. Well, thank you. Absolutely, and that's I think kind of one of the reasons why when, yeah, I mean, you had been coaching modified, I think, at two years, three years at that point. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons why I asked, like, all right, Megan, do you want to move up to JV? I'm moving up to varsity, and you, <laughs> you're, you had that deer I in headlights that was my look. Response. I was like, uh, no, yes, <laughs> sure. And I thought it worked out really it did, well. It did. I think, and it was really nice because I, I feel like I got to see you more, and I got to see Jamie, and I, like with tryouts and stuff too. Like we were together, so that definitely helped. So yeah, it wasn't terrible. In fact, that was the year at. You were there for tryouts more than I was because I took yeah. off two day, the last two days, three days for my honeymoon. <laughs> I remember I was so scared. I was like, oh, man, Larry's not going to be there. I'm like, I didn't know Jamie at the time. I was like, I don't, she's going to know right away. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I thought it worked out really well. And, I mean, I remember before I left, I was like, all right, here's my thoughts on the team. Yeah. I'll see you guys <laughs> in Bye. six days, seven days. No, it was good. So and I felt horrible though leaving for tryouts. I really oh, did. Don't. I really did. And in fact, um, I remember on the bus or on uh, in the airport waiting for it. I think I was texting you and Jamie 
um, just something quick about tryouts or whatever. And Vicky kind of looks at me. She's like, is this going to be our entire trip? I'm like, no, sorry. Last text. I'm going to get away. And I did. I put it away and we had a fantastic time. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. Absolutely. Where did you go on your honeymoon? We went to the Dominican Republic. We did an all-inclusive down there at the Hyatt and it was fantastic. It was awesome. I highly recommend it. The food. Oh, my God. That is my favorite part about traveling is I am such a foodie. I love food. Have you been to an all-inclusive? No. Like, oh, my God. First of all, the food, the the resort itself was fantastic. Vicky, of course, found it because yeah. she's like, I, and I've said this many times on here, she's like my travel agent. Okay. In fact, in on the tw- in a couple weeks, in about three weeks, we're going to Italy. We're, oh That's, my God. Are you excited? Oh my God. This is a bucket list trip. Like I have wanted to, I've got family over there. Like I have wanted to go there my entire life. Yes. Oh, So congrats. we're finally doing that. But here's, here's how awesome my wife is. Between airline points, hotel points, I, you know, she was like, well, if you sign up for this credit card, you can get these many miles and da 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 da. I think the entire trip, and we're going for 10 days, I think the entire trip is costing maybe 1200 bucks. Like she Are you like kidding me? She's like, all right, well, we're gonna use points to get this day free. This day's gonna be free. This trip's gonna be free. The this is gonna be free. This is gonna be good. I'm like, wait, how much is this costing? I mean, she's that's she's just awesome when it comes to that. That's so can she be my travel agent? <laughs> hey, listen, absolutely. Does she wanna go on vacations with me? <laughs> absolutely. Listen, when you and Ian are planning your next trip. I'm telling you, she'll say, all right, we'll sign up for this card. You'll get 40,000 points if you do this. And if you've got enough time, do this and do this. So, yeah, so we're doing that. But, um, you know, the all-inclusive was out of this world. And I remember I'm like a big foodie, and the food is was fantastic. In fact, we went to this one place where it, the resort had like, I don't know, seven or eight different restaurants, yeah. you know, different styles. We went to a Paris one. And the food was outstanding. And they usually give you like seven or eight different options. Mm-hmm. And the waiter is, you know, telling us, listen, I'm like, well, what do you recommend? Because I'm kind of torn between this and this. He's like, have them both. I'm like, I can do that. He's like, yeah. So Go he brought it. out both this. He brought out both that. He's like, which one do you want first? Which one do you want second? I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. At the same time, I felt like such a pig afterwards. But That's everything was amazing. Everything was delicious. Yes. I'm like, you, um, you live this life once. I'm like, enjoy some food. Oh, absolutely. Enjoy some food. So that's what, I mean, I felt, I felt, I did feel a little guilty coming back, but. No. It, it, it went away rather quickly. I was going to say, I'm like, you were <laughs> fine. But no, it was, I loved it. And I, that was my first all-inclusive. We've done an all-inclusive since. We did Jamaica back in December. Um, another all-inclusive, which mm-hmm. I thought was awesome. But um, I love the all-inclusive. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes when you, especially towards the end of your vacations, you're like, ooh, I've already spent like X amount of dollars yeah. or can I want to go to this restaurant, but that's going to be pricey. There, once you get there, you're like, all right, I'm in. Let's try it. Let's do it. I definitely recommend the all-inclusive. Okay. Now it's on my bucket list. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it was fantastic. In fact, in fact, speaking of bucket list, speaking of uh, tough questions, you want to get into the hot seat? 
Yeah. Get ready for the hot seat questions. I was gonna say I feel like I'd have to say it because you shared. I just want to say with my JV team, my varsity team did also win sectionals this year, which was the first time in Grand Island. Ooh, history. did you, I just, that's I wanted that's to right. have a little bragging moment. My oh, goalie, absolutely, go. My goalie was pulled up for that. Um, one of my other teammates, or not teammates, one of my other girls was pulled up too. Who is it was her first year playing, and she's gonna be absolutely insane by her senior year. I've never seen someone pick up the sport this fast. Have that's, you ever had those? Like, oh, absolutely. Were I, they just Boom. Draw, draw. Especially like with lacrosse because it's so, it's like, you just have to, the way she moves her stick, it just takes people years to like move like that. And she's going to be so good. But they won, they won their first league title. They won their first sectional championship. And it was just so great to watch. Um, the seniors this year were my first group. So it was like kind of bittersweet for me where I was like, oh. <sighs> That's awesome. Now, what is that moment, even just as a as a JV coach, like coming? I'm I'm assuming you went up for the sectional games, yes. you went up for the playoff games. What is that like? Like I remember my first year when Jamie had the, uh, you know, when East made sectionals, but I was just the JV coach. I kind of went up, but I was almost very quiet on the bench. Yeah. Like I let because it it was her team. I was just yeah. the JV coach. I just came up for that game or two. What was like, was it you didn't want to step on her toes or did you just jump right in? So for me, I'm always cheering. I'm always like there and I'm sure you're the same. Um, my biggest thing is I am like on goalie duty. Okay. So and and my coach, the varsity coach knows that. Her name is Jen. Jen knows that. She's like, you're on goalies. So I'll always like talk. If something's going on, I'll like talk to the goalies. I'm like coaching the goalies. Um, but yeah, I don't try to like step on toes. I feel like I'm there more for a second opinion. Like mm -hmm. if she wants to change something, she'll ask me and I'll be like, yeah, I think that's a good idea. Or I'll like give my input, but it's always like, it's, it's her team. You know, you want to be respectful of oh, that. Oh, for sure. Um, but it was amazing to watch the win, not only for the girls, but also for her because she's been coaching this program. Like it's, I feel like it's her program. She's been building it forever and ever. And for her to finally get that one too, and to be a part of it, it was just, it was amazing. It was really now such many, a happy moment. How many wins was it to get in? Um, or to win, not get in, but to win the title, to win sectionals. If you, I'm like, how many? Do you mean like how many sectional games or just in yeah? Total, how like, many sectional games? So there's three. Okay, including the championship. So it's quarter semis, yeah. champ finals. Yeah. Awesome. Good. Who'd you guys win? Who'd you guys beat in the finals? Um, Ooh, wait, West Seneca East, West Seneca East. I get so confused. Was Buffalo, it, I'm not a Buffalo. I'm not from Buffalo, so there's like West Seneca East. Was it the East, blue West team Seneca or West. green team? Because West Seneca West is blue. West Seneca East is green. Do you remember? Or maybe it was Willie's. Wait. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. Willie East is red because they're the Flames. Will East, yeah, which sounds right because they're they're a pretty good lacrosse. I'm like program. to everyone listening, I know I should know this, but <laughs> there's just too many Wills and Wests and Norths and Easts and Souths. <laughs> hey, as long as you, as long as the scoreboard yes. has your team up there, and it was it's such all a, good. You know, it was they were the team themselves were getting so in their you know they were there they were so nervous because they wanted it so bad and the first half was really close it was we scored a goal they scored a goal we scored a goal and at halftime was 8-8 and then finally they just went back in they're like let's just have fun and they really like changed it and they just started having fun and then we won it was so i couldn't have asked for a better game you know that's awesome and i know it's just um like a number uh two years ago three years ago we had our first sectional win as a program and it was outstanding and just yeah. seeing some of the older girls, some of the older, the seniors on there, just get that chance to get a sectional win, but to win, 
to win sectionals, not only that, but to win a league title. Yeah. That had to have been awesome. Like such yeah. an awesome feeling, an amazing feeling for them. I cried in the car on the way home. <laughs> did you really? I did. I was so happy and I was like kept it together until I was in my car. I was so happy. Okay, so yeah. you didn't have that you didn't have that oh you guys. No, I, I like, kinda or... did, but I was like letting them have you know, I you just let wanted them, yeah. them to have it. It's not about me, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> now that's and, and it's congratulations, by the way. Thank you, thank you. Um but that's one thing as a coach. You know me, I'm full of emotion. Like I'm just that emotional guy where I'm me not gonna too. lie. Um when we win a big game, I'm one of those coaches that is out there like giving high fives yeah. and picking people like I'm just like all right. Um and sometimes I have to like I'm like, dude, maybe you should just settle down a little bit, but it you just go with it. I'm like, because the kids, they love that too. And it's, they feed off of that energy. So like, if you're bringing that energy, then they're going to feed off of that. And they're going to have that energy. And I think that's, you're a great coach. Yeah. I'm like, thank you. You're thank welcome. you. You're welcome. You're, you're making me blush over here. Oh, but sorry, sorry. No, but um, no, sometimes I feel like sometimes, you know what? You got to be a little reserved, yeah. but at the same time, hey, we won. Enjoy yeah. it while you get it. But um, no, the only reason, because we were watching uh, one of my favorite movies, um, in our household is Miracle, the okay. Miracle on Ice. Classic. And, you know, even Herb Brooks, when he, once they beat the Russians, he goes off the bench, goes in the back by himself and just does the, like the little fist bump and, yeah. or the little hand raise. Like he didn't really show all those emotions. Mm -hmm. And every time we watch, we watch like Sarah or Vicky, they'll watch with me and they're like, you would never do that. And I'd be like, you're absolutely right. I'd be the first one on the ice, yeah. like, you know, going nuts. But I feel like that's just my personality. Yeah. Sometimes. Don't change. Don't change. No. Now were you so were you though one of those like just jumping up and down with the girls, hugs, or were you kind of like a little reserved or like a little in between? So here's the thing is I've realized I'm sometimes a little bit I mean, like, I'm also a very positive person. I'm very oh, excited. But I feel like I, I still am, but I'm less than I used to because I realized I needed to kind of have, like, like that tough side as a coach. And I'm still working on that because I'm way too nice of a person. <laughs> it's But, funny. like, I have my moments. Like, I do, like, try to be really reserved sometimes, especially if my team starts getting a little crazy. Then I'm like, chill. But I'm definitely very excited. I'm a very excited person. Oh, but I could tell. <laughs> I was going to say, I could, and you're, if there was one word that I could use to describe you, it would be positive. Like, I don't oh, think thanks. I've, even there'd be times, whether it was at summer or was it, whether it was after a soccer practice or whatever, there'd be times where you, it, it'd be funny. You'd be like, <laughs> I'm having such a bad day, but you would say it with like a smile on your face and happy. I'm yeah. like, does she know what <laughs> having a bad day means? Like, I'm like if I'm smiling, I don't. My mom used to say that. Like, if I were ever having a bad day, she used to be like, "Just put a smile on your face, and your day will like gradually get better." Like, you just got to be positive. And I'm like, "Yeah." And, here and I am. you definitely took that lesson because you are one of the most positive people I've oh, ever been a part yes. of. Aww. No, it's true. I mean, you're just always, you always come in upbeat. You always come in just with a great, um, great attitude, and you don't even if something negative happens, you don't let it. You, uh, at least on the outside, you don't seem to really let it affect you or I anything else. Let you know what I'm thinking on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> but it no, it's great, and um, I'm like now you're making me blush. <laughs> no, and you know me. Sometimes I I try to hold it in. Sometimes yeah. I you know you've seen me get a little. Uh, 
that's the right word to say. Get a little angry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think I get angry, though. That's like the one thing is I don't think I, I get angry and yell. I'm more of the, I'm like, you guys, I'm like, do you know, like, you're having a not great half? They're like, yeah. I'm like, can you do better? Like, I feel like I'm more of a, I don't want to be, like, disappointed. I feel like that's not the word I want to use, but I don't know. I'm not an angry person. No. But it, well, it's funny. This, the game this year when I... um. You had your open house at your school, so I had to fill in for you at Ken West, the Ken yeah. West game. Um, it was funny. I thought I was being like, I mean, I was yelling, yeah. but it was positive yelling. I was intense. Mm-hmm. We ended up winning the game. I don't know, 2-1, 3-1, 3-2, whatever. But I remember just because uh, that was when Lola was down yeah. on JV. And I think oh, like one or two games great. later, oh, the tank, mm-hmm. awesome kid. But I remember I think one or two games after that, we pulled her up. And she ended up staying with us for the rest of the year. I'll never forgive you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. And yeah, she stayed with us this year. Uh, but um, I remember um, after a couple practices or whatever, she'd be like, you know, all the girls, you know, thought you were so mean. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, we just, she's like, half the team was like afraid of you after that first, after that game that you coached. And I'm like, but afraid, but I didn't yell anybody. I was no. loud, but I didn't yell anybody. I was intense. I tried to keep them fired up. I was like, how was I mean? So it's so funny because they, they came to me and they definitely were like, oh, we love Larry. Like, we love Coach Larry. And I think they definitely were like, you're a lot nicer than him. That was definitely <laughs> like a response. But then I also had other girls who were like, oh, like, Coach Larry's the best. Like, can I go up to varsity? I'm like, hmm. <laughs> But I just thought that was hilarious that they were like almost scared or nervous You're or a scary guy. I'd like to think that. But it, it's funny though, I've asked before, just in joking, I'll ask some of the girls, like, all right, who's more scary? Um, me or or Coach Rapel or Jamie? And they're like, Oh, Jamie. I was gonna say Oh, Coach Rapel. Yeah. I'm like, wait, she really? And it's funny because she's so not and maybe yeah. it's just maybe it's just because I've been coaching with her now for X amount of years, whatever, but She's such, she's very intense. Yes. Don't get me wrong. She is very intense, but she's just I think that's awesome what it to is. coach with. I mean, she, oh, she's amazing. I say, I'm like, yeah, she is scary. But like, she's, in, I think that's the perfect way. She's like a very intense, like I would never want to upset her on the field. Oh, no. But she, you know, and I think both of us, and I think you two, I'm sure you two in lacrosse, you know, yeah. we have our, you know, we demand a lot from our teams. Yeah. You know, if you're going to, if we're going to make the time commitment Mm-hmm. Take the effort to coach you. We want your commitment from us. You know, we yeah. want we want your commitment. We want your time. We want that same level of commitment from you guys. And I don't think that's unreasonable to ask. Yeah, I agree. Um, so it's it's a lot of fun. And sometimes I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes I like being known as that little bit of a scary yeah. coach. I don't know why. Maybe it's just me being a jerk. I sometimes wish they were more scared of me. Well, that's that was the thing with you. Even some of the girls, and I'm not going to call anybody out, but even no, some I of the don't. girls, whatever, they were like, well, what do you think of Coach Megan? She'd be like, oh, she's so nice. We just wish she would be a little more mean. I'm working on it so hard. <laughs> that's what they, like, halfway through my season, oh, man, I'm touching wires. They said that, to, my team said that to me this year. They're like, you can, like, yell at us more. I was like, I'm trying so hard. <laughs> you got to get that. You got to get uh, a mean clinic. Yeah. I'll get there someday. 
But I think that's it. It's just now. What type of coach though did you respond to? Did you respond to more of that quote unquote players coach that is always upbeat, that's joking around, serious, but still joking around, gives the team maybe a little bit more rope. Or did you respond more to that coach where it was more of like a uh, militaristic style where, nope, you got to do this, this, this. I don't smile until the end of the season type of deal. Like, what, or was it like a happy medium? I would say a happy medium. I think no, I, like, I've definitely have both have had both kinds of coaches. Um, and I think as a player, like I can adapt to both. Um, I do prefer, I prefer a coach that can like kind of joke around more and is more positive, but isn't afraid to like, if they need to yell at me, like you can yell at me. That's fine. Like sometimes I need to be yelled at. <laughs> oh, for sure. And I think sometimes, especially for me, like if you're, if you're getting yelled at from that coach who was always like the nice guy, the nice mm-hmm. guy, the joking guy. And then all of a sudden he starts yelling at you. Yeah. I think you take that more to heart, like, ooh, I really yeah. messed up. I'm really off focus. I got to get it together, like, now because coach so-and-so never yells. Yeah. Or as opposed to sometimes you get that militaristic coach where it's just yelling all the time. After a while, like, mid-season, you're just like, all right, yeah. whatever. You're I would just... say, like, that's my least favorite. I don't. I think it's it's got to be a bit of a happy medium. Yeah, I agree. Because after a while, you just. You lose, but like, all right, he always mm-hmm. says that. She always does that. Yeah. They're just always cranky. Just whatever. They'll stop. They'll shut up in a little bit, and yeah. I can go back to playing my game. Yeah. So it's a happy medium, and I think happy as a coach, medium. you got to find that. Yeah. Still working on it. <laughs> I, well, I always forget, though. Like, I'm still – this is my fourth year, I think, and I forget. In my head, I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's like four years now, but I feel, still feel like that's, like, young. Like, I'm still – Oh, absolutely. Coach. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've been coaching since 2002 in general, and there's still things I'll look back. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that. Like back, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it's you learn so much. And that's the beauty of coaching. Every season is going to be different. You're going to have a group of kids that are going to you might have a few returning players. Mm -hmm. But you're having a home, sometimes an entirely new team. Yeah. And you've got to adapt and you've got to you know, use your same philosophy, but modify it to your player styles. Absolutely. And it's fun. Um, and it's, no, if you ever need to get meaner, I'll give you a crash course this summer on how to be a mean coach. I'm like, maybe that's what we'll do because we won't be seeing each other this summer. Sad. No, no, we'll see each other this summer Hopefully. for sure. For sure. No, and then we'll we'll get together for, uh, we'll, we'll set a date. We'll get together every, okay. every Wednesday, Thursday, whatever it is. And, uh, I'll have you yell at me all the okay. time. We'll, we'll, we'll have you practice your yelling. I'm so scared. <laughs> <laughs> but again, congratulations to Grand Island. You oh. said it was their first sectional title since when? Ever. Ever. Like that's why it was it was a big deal. That's awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. You gotta love you gotta love just being even if it's just a small part or yeah. a big part. You just want to be a part of that Absolutely. any part. And that's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations to you. No, no, no. Always to you. No, no, no. <laughs> Always to you. All right. Megan, now is it time for that hot seat? Okay. <laughs> All right. I feel like you had a hot seat question off air, but we'll, uh, I can't remember what it was uh, that you were going to ask or save it for a, a hot seat question. I think. May, I don't know. I don't know. But we're going to remember you've got to ask some questions, too. Oh, I do? With, absolutely. Uh-oh. I think we started this with with you here. Maybe we you, didn't. You did. I've definitely done this before, but I feel like you had all the questions. I feel like maybe we maybe that's you how, haven't. That's how yeah. you started it. Maybe you haven't been a guest the, uh, 
the last, I don't know, maybe 20 episodes or okay. so, we've been having our guests also ask hot seat questions. Like between okay. whether it's uh, myself and Matt or myself, Matt, and another guest or two guests, we all kind of ping pong yeah. around the questions. Okay. So okay. think of some too. Uh-oh. All right. So question number one. Um, let's see. We're going to go. Uh, I know I've asked you a ton of hot seat questions just because you've been. This is like your yeah, 90th episode on here. Pretty much. Um, let's see. What's a question that we can ask? This is how prepared I am. I just kind of come in and start randomly thinking That's of stuff okay. in my head. I'm here too. <laughs> All right. Uh, question one. We'll go back to school related. What's your most? What are you most excited about in June? Like towards the end of the year. What? Like what's your most exciting June part? Whether it's it every you're at um at St. Mark's, right? Like, is there something in particular that you look forward to? Is it just that last day waving to all the kids on the bus goodbye? Is it bad if that's my answer? Oh, absolutely. It could be whatever it is. Honestly, so we haven't had field trips because of COVID. Okay. And I've never, again, this is only my second year teaching, so I've never been a part of field trips before. And this week and last week have been, like, our field trip days. Have you got to chaperone a lot of them? Yeah, I got to chaperone two of them, and it was, like, so much fun. That's awesome. I went with my third graders and we went to the Lockport Caves. Oh, okay. Um, and then I just went to, oh my gosh, what was it called? Um, Pen- Pendixie? Is that? Do you know okay, that? yeah. Which is like, it's like fossils. Yeah. So we did that with our second graders yesterday. And I'm like, I've never been on a field trip before and it was so much fun. And I think that's going to be my new favorite thing to look forward to. So that's awesome. It's just, and they're so excited too. It's like out of school, but you're still learning and ugh. I loved it. That's awesome, especially with the little ones. That's got to be so much fun. It was really hot yesterday, though, when we were digging for fossils. (laughs) (laughs) Like, our last little spot, I was just sitting there, and a bunch of kids sat around me. They're like, it's a little too hot, so we're just going to sit. I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. All right. For me, though, it's, it's that last day. And I and I I love teaching. I love the kids or whatever. But it's just when you're when you're out uh, for us, we've got like the bus circle or whatever. Mm-hmm. When you're outside, just waving bye bye at the kids, knowing mm-hmm. that like all right, it's summer in ten nine yeah. eight. Like just that waving goodbye. Well, I and... think I don't know if it's just me right now, but I'm assuming this is everywhere. It's like crazy the last few days because the kids are just so ready to leave they're ready to leave and so it's I, like kind of refreshed like okay i'm like it's finally the last day this is finally it yeah and this has been a school year and maybe it's just because you know covid we're coming yeah. off of um where we were remote until i think in buffalo we were remote until january february of last year then we started phasing kids in and doing a little hybrid and yeah. doing this and that where maybe it just feels like this is just such a long year because it's been back to normal it's been back to almost almost normal um yeah. but it's been to just five days in the school five days in the school with kids and it's just like oh my god this feels like a long year yeah it's so a very long year but it's almost done it's almost done we're down to how many are you guys down to we're down to 11 school days left with the kids 12 where we got that the 24th we finish i was gonna say i'm i'm pretty sure next week is our last week <laughs> I'm so jealous. And for some reason, that doesn't feel right to me right now because I feel like everyone else goes like a for another week. Yeah, we go till the 24th. I'm like, I definitely think it's like the 18th for us. Or is that next Friday? No. No, that would be two weeks. Hmm. I think. I don't know. 
again, things I should know. I feel like at the end of the year, there's just so much going on, especially like I'm an art teacher. So I'm like going through like all the artwork right now. I'm getting everything in piles to hand back and I'm just not paying attention to the day or the weeks. I'm paying attention to the days, the minutes, the hours. Oh no. For me, once June comes, I'm like, all right, I've got, I've only got 10 classes left with this group. I've got 10 classes left with this group. Like I've got <laughs> in my office, I've got like little post-it notes saying how many A days are left. Like, all right, there's two A days left. There's two B days left. There's two C days left. Like I'm, I'm counting down. I'm in the like, oh, like we only have so many days to finish this project. And this class is going to miss art two more times because they're here instead. And it's, I think it, I'm just very stressed out right now. <laughs> <laughs> But again, with your positivity, you wouldn't oh, yeah. know it. You wouldn't know you it. You wouldn't know it. All right. Question two. Do you got one or do you want me to give another one here? I, if you were offered a job on the spot, <laughs> would you say yes to it? That was the question we were talking about. Like, off. That was, I was the like, one. I'll give you a little background. And I'm fearful. Like, oh, my gosh. What if whoever interviewed me listens to this podcast? I'm terrified now. Hey, we're almost up to 11,000 listeners. That's so we're getting there. You. We're so, getting there. I've never been asked this in an interview today, but they looked at me, and I know other people were interviewing, but they asked me, if we offered you this job on the spot, would you take it? And your answer was? It should have been yes, but I said no. <laughs> <laughs> but you had a good explanation, I, like, I feel like. My, my, before I said no, I like, again, deer in headlights, I knew my eyes were big, I could tell that they saw that from me, and I was like, am I allowed to ask you questions? before I answer this he's like no he's like I want you to answer this then you can ask your questions I was like okay I'm like I know I should say yes but I'm I'm going to say no because I feel like I'm still I still want to learn more about your school and you know I wouldn't want to commit to something and then like just leave I'm like I when I commit to something I want to be able to commit to it so that was kind of my answer and then I asked after that I'm like you know I'm like with COVID and everything I think things have been crazy um there's been like at least with me i feel like there's been this like lack of communication and like a lack of accountability in our in our students and our staff and i was just wondering like how how does your school like do that how how do you guys like hold each other accountable and like work together to create the best environment for your school so i feel like leading with that question like after answering his question was like kind of made it okay i was gonna say i feel like your explanation of it was spot on. I, was I like, feel like it, it yeah. made it a great answer. And I was saying like I and I told you this before too. I was like I know I'm interviewing and I know like I really want to work for you and I really want you to like me, but I also want to make sure that, you know, it's a good fit for me too. I think it needs to be both ways. So Oh, absolutely. We'll see. It was so I uh, I said no though. That's okay. <laughs> Who says no? Who says no to that? So what would you say <laughs> if you're interviewing for a job that you think is going to be a really good fit for you, but you're not 100% sure and you need to learn more, Larry? Would you say yes or no if they offered you the job on the spot? See, me, I would have been the I would have been the kiss butt. I would have been like, oh yeah, you know, you guys are such an amazing school district. I'd just love to be a part of it. Should have been the kiss butt. But again, <laughs> I feel like my answer would have been the answer that they heard from everybody else. Where your answer, I feel like after thinking about it, your answer was probably the better one because A, was probably the most honest. B, you just, you had valid reasons and you backed it up. Like, listen, I would love a, I would love a job at this school district, but I want to learn more. I want to make sure I'm a fit for you guys, just like you're a fit for me. I want to yeah. learn more about the school. I want to learn more. 
So I feel like it, at the very least, because of that answer and the way that you were able to de describe it or explain it, you're at least on their mind. I'm going to say, though, for the first 30 seconds, I just looked at them. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, what kind of question is that? I'm like, do I say yes? Do I say no? And then I'm hesitating. And they're like, oh, my gosh, she's hesitating. Now, did they offer you water during the interview? No. Oh, see, I was going to say, if they offered you, like, a bottle of water, that's where you just take, like, a long yes. sip of water. I was like, that's a great question. My eyes, I was like, my eyes were bugging out of my head. <laughs> and then I left the interview, too, and I realized I had, I was wearing, like, a, a dress, but I had paint all over my leg, and I didn't realize. <laughs> is it from like from your art class? My art class. But again, it makes you noticeable. It's okay. It's okay. Well, like who was this like crazy I said, person? I've got uh, you know, fingers and toes crossed for you that you get the job. So no, thank you. So let's hope, let's we'll hope, see let's if hope. I get a second interview. But if they offer you the job for real, don't yeah. turn it down. No, no, I, I know. Can you imagine? Like, what if that's part of it? They're like, oh, anyone who says no, we're just not going to interview them further. Either that or they offer you, like, all right, Megan, we'd like to. Well, I told you no. So. I was like, so. No, I would love. I mean, I really would love to work there, but. Yeah. No, absolutely. But I, like I said, I think that's. that's. I'm just an. I didn't want to be dishonest. And I didn't, absolutely. I'm not someone like, I don't want to commit to something if I'm not going to follow through. Oh, absolutely. And no, see, I'd be the kiss butt, but I don't. I think companies nowadays or schools nowadays they don't yeah. want the kiss butt. I don't. Know. I think you gave a good answer. I hope. I think you gave a good answer. We're going positive. All right, question number three. All right, and we talked a little bit about this. Uh, my bucket list trip going to Italy. Mm -hmm. What it doesn't necessarily have to be a bucket list trip, okay, um, or a trip of any kind, but what would be? Let's go top three. What are your top three things on your bucket list that you would either like to accomplish, like to do, like okay. to go travel, whatever? Three bucket list items, top of your list. I would say um, I really want to go to Ireland. Okay. That is like one of my top. Kiss the Blarney Stone, yes. all that stuff. I'm just, I'm an Irish person. I was going to say. I'm an Irish girl. <laughs> um, so I, Ireland is number one. I think it's so beautiful too. And I just, I would really like to backpack and like just drive through Ireland. I think oh, that would sure. be really fun. Um, I think backpacking across the U.S. too, just from like New York to California and just like making your way, whether it's like train or car or. Okay. So I just kind of tramping be, around the yeah, country. And, like I, I would want to camp too. I wouldn't want to like do the hotel thing. I would want to try to find like campsites and just make my way hit up all the national parks. I think that would be really cool. Now, would you like to do that? Like for, especially as a teacher, we have the whole summers off, like kind of just spend the whole summer just backpacking through so, or. And like being a teacher, like I have that option. So I think I would love to. I'm just not financially there yet. You will be. Someday. You will be. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but two uh, very good, two yeah. very good things. Um. I don't know. I feel like, hmm, it doesn't have to be like travel. Related. Doesn't have to be travel related. Could be any anything, anything that you would consider something that you've always wanted to do, see, go, uh, accomplish. Like any any bucket list item for that oh, third. Man. I feel like I definitely have something that I'm just not thinking of right now. But I will say I would really love to either surf i've never surfed and i feel like that would be really cool That'd like learn fun. how to surf or i've never skydived oh my god i've done it before that was before uh let's see when did i do six seven six years ago before that that was at the top of my bucket list yeah 
Well, you asked me a while ago. I don't know if it was last summer or the summer before. Listen, I got a random text from you the one day. You're like, want to go skydiving? Listen, I'm thinking of doing it again this summer. I would go. Um, are you in? I'm scared, I'll, but yeah. Uh, listen, because in, in fact, for our uh, this Sunday was our one-year anniversary. Yeah. And, um, oh, congrats. Thank you, thank you. Uh, it's all congrats to Vicky. I don't know how she puts up with me. <laughs> but uh, that was one of the things. She was like, you know, do you want me to just buy you skydiving again for our anniversary. That would be so fun. So, Would she go with you? Oh, she doesn't go. She wants to go, but she doesn't go. She's okay. like, um, so I'm actually looking to do it again this summer. It got the bug in my head again. I can tell you this. It was the most exhilarated, but also the scaredest, yes. the sick. And it, it's funny because when we're, we, we probably, you probably have to wait, um, you're, they when you get there, you sit around, you wait until the airplane comes down, and then you they go in, you watch the video, whatever, you get all strapped up. Yeah. But you're just sitting there a lot. And I just had that deer in headlights look. I'm like, oh, my God, what am I doing? What am I doing? And Vicky's sitting there next to me, and she knew that I wanted, and this was like the first big thing that she had, you know, gotten me. She yeah. had paid, this was my Christmas gift. This was, I think, our second Christmas so together. Sweet. Oh, it was fantastic. But I think she was looking at like, why aren't you excited? Why aren't you like bouncing off the walls where I'm just sitting there like, oh my God, like what am I like? Every thought imaginable was running through my head. Like, then when I go up on the plane, I come down. First of all, like just falling through. The, I mean, it was exhilarating. Like I couldn't breathe. You get down. He, he yeah. gives you the tap on the stomach. You pull the cord. I'm like, thank God the shoot goes here. And then the guys. Are you in charge of pulling the cord, or does, do they do it? You he. What happens is like they'll have you pull the cord, mm -hmm. but in case you don't pull the cord, or in case you get nervous or freeze up, yeah. they also have a cord that they can Perfect. yank to. I'm like, what if my cord? Oh, that was work? the first thing I asked. I was like, wait a minute, what if I forget to pull the cord? He's like, don't worry. Don't worry. Okay. Um, How many people have died? <laughs> I've been like, I'm gonna have to look up some st statistics. Well, then when he gets on there. You don't realize it takes you like once you pull the cord, it probably took us a good 10, 15 minutes just to get down. And he's like, he's like, all right, over there, you can see Niagara Falls. And then if you go and he's yeah. like a sharp turn and I'm like, after like his third sharp turn, I'm like, ooh, <laughs> easy there, buddy. So I'm, <laughs> I got like almost like seasick, but in the yeah. air up there and I'm coming down for the last five minutes. All I can think of was like, oh, my God, just get me down. Just get me down. Just get me down. And when I landed, I was like pale and I like just laid there and Vicky's like at the drop zone. Yeah. And again, she's expecting me to like jump up and be like all this and that. And she looks at me. She's like, are you OK? I'm like, yeah, I just need a minute. I laid there, I think, for like a good five minutes. Again, in my mind, in my head, I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I did it or whatever. <laughs> Physically wise, <laughs> she was like. And like later in the car, she's like, you were like white, like a ghost. Like yeah. I've never seen you that pale. And she's like, she's like, did you even like it? Like, did you? and I'm like, I'm still kind of, she's driving home. I'm still kind of like, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Like it wasn't even until like the next day. She's like, oh my God. She's like, I feel like you hated it. I'm like, no, it was amazing. Thank you so much. She's like, but you, I'm like, you don't understand. I was like, like, it was just. All kinds of emotions. I was going to say, like, I, I want to do it because I don't know. I think that's why I want to. Like, I don't know. I want to know what that kind of adrenaline is. And I want to know how I would react to, like, something like that. 
Listen, we're going skydiving. Oh my god, we're going skydiving this summer. It. I'm scared. I got to see if the place. How was... many people do you think throw up in the air? I know I did. I'm not gonna. Did lie. you really? <laughs> I did. That's my thing. Is like I, I will. Not get... big, but no, I did. I will sometimes get car sick, so that's like one thing. I'm like, what if I just like threw up? No, I, I definitely, I definitely did. Where does Probably. That land? That's what I mean. After like he did There's the so foom, many gross foom, questions. Then I'm like, okay. Yeah. But I learned. I was like, you know what? Next time, uh, I've got to take like a Dramamine or something just yeah. to, to oh, settle the stomach. Idea. So, but yeah, we're we're Megan. We're definitely do it. <laughs> okay, we'll do a live podcast from Frontier right. Skydiving. My heart just like my my heart rate just went up a little <laughs> bit, so it's fine. I'm I'm okay. Everything's fine. I'm I'm here. I listen. I love it. So, all right, that's a cool bucket list. So going to Dublin, yeah. um, or not Dublin, just going to Ireland, Ireland in general, um, backpacking around the U.S. and going skydiving. Yeah. For me, um. The big bucket list we're doing it this June is yeah. Italy. Always wanted to go, so that's number one bucket list. The other two, hmm, um, I'd say probably. Uh, I did stand up comedy, and it, it went okay. It didn't go okay. I feel like you told me that too. You told me I you did. were doing stand up, and I was like going to try to make it, but I think I had something else going on. Some so of the shows, don't get me wrong, I'm glad you didn't make okay, okay. it. But um, I I give you credit. I don't think I could. I don't think it I'm was, funny like that. It was it was funny. The first the first time I did it for like an open mic, it was you're up there like five minutes. Yeah, I got a ton of laughs. I thought whatever. So I decided to do like uh, for helium. They have every year. They have like yeah. a funniest comics contest mm-hmm. or whatever. I was like, oh yeah, I did this. Everybody laughed. I can let me just go do the contest. The charge is like fifteen bucks. I'm like, yeah, I can yeah. do that. The first round, second, I'll get into at least the semifinals for sure got up there and Vicky showed up to my show and she didn't even laugh like oh no. <laughs> he laughed in fact it was funny before before the show you're talking to like other comics and there's other comics like sitting in there who whatever yeah. so I was just talking to the to the gentleman who who Vicky happened to be sitting next to and she even said during the show like he's like the guy next to her is like elbowing him like you gotta laugh you gotta laugh and she's just like uh. But it, <laughs> when, you, when you're up there and just nobody's laughing, I'm like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm up here for three hours. Just somebody get me off the stage. But it was still it was fun. I mean, whatever. It was just up there to do it. Yeah. Um. So but things that I still haven't done. So going to Italy to first. Um, hmm. Another bucket list item. I'd say, you know what? Just to. uh I don't know. I guess just to announce like an act, like an announce a sporting event. Like you've never done that. I've at at for Clarence High School basketball one season. I didn't really announce. I would do like I would play the music and I would do like just ads. Like they had ads where I would say, "All right, subbing in number yeah. blah blah blah." But to have you actually, heard your voice? What's that? Have you heard your voice? You have the perfect voice for announcing things. I would love to do an announcing. I, as a kid, I was always, even as a little kid, I was always be playing the video games, like playing Madden or yeah. NHL and just announcing my video games. But I'm like, shocked. I would love to do that. So I would love to be an announcer. I would love for you to be an announcer. Listen, let's set that up. All right. All right. <laughs> I'll come in. I'll announce. You're hired. I'll announce Grand Island lacrosse <laughs> games. Uh, but <laughs> all right, someone puts you on the spot and says they'll hire you on on the spot to announce for announcing. Yes. Okay. Yes, and You're that hired. would not be me because being a kispa. That would be well, like yes, 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 yeah. yes. 
So announcing, and then uh, I'm going to steal yours, whether it's, but instead of doing it around America, I'd say, or doing it in the States, I'd mm-hmm. say doing it in Europe. Yeah. Just backpacking throughout Europe. Yeah. Just going a little hostel here, a little hostel here, taking a Euro train over to this country, mm-hmm. going over that. So I would do, I'm going to steal your answer and say, but doing it around Europe. Is it, I want to do that too. I feel like I want to tackle the U.S. first and then. And then go on yeah. to the bigger. Okay. I want to I get familiar, like backpacking i guess to say in the u.s so if anything goes down at least i'm an, a like an american citizen oh for sure you know the world's crazy these days <laughs> <laughs> it is it is indeed and only getting crazier mm, yes all right mm. uh question four do you have one um maybe i'm looking around the room <laughs> um do you have a favorite superhero can that be my hot seat question that can absolutely that's have a good you done one that before i don't think we have okay um, favorite superhero? Hmm. Um. Wow, that's a good question. I've yeah. never really thought about that. Put you on the spot there, didn't that, I? That is, you put me on the hot seat for sure. Favorite superhero? You know what? I'm gonna say. Um, I'm gonna say Spider Man. Okay. I'm gonna say Spider Man. Classic, solid. Classic superhero. You know, he has the webs that you know he. Can swing around from building to building. Yes. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Spider Man. So I can I ask you a like t- a little side hot spot question about that? Four A, four B. All of the Spider Man movies from like Tobey Maguire, Andy Garfield to. I have not. Okay, never. I've seen, and it's funny because my my younger brother uh, Richie, he's he's definitely more of um, the. The Marvel superhero yeah. movies. He wasn't a comic book collector by any means, but he would be like more of the superhero movies, um, whether they're on Netflix, whether in the the theaters. I, it, that just wasn't my I my was genre. Ask you who your favorite Spider Man was in the movies. Um, I the only Spider Man movies I've seen was with Tobey Maguire. Okay. Uh, Spider Man. What was it? One and two. I don't know if two had a name, or I think it was, it was just Spider Man two. two. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Tobey Maguire was the only one. Yeah. I, I think I might have seen Spider-Man 3. Didn't he do 3? There is a 3. It's not super great. Okay. I think I might have only seen the first 3. Okay. I mean, I've seen a couple Spider-Man, or uh, just a couple movies in general, but yeah. it's not really my genre. Yeah. But, that's alright, but I'm gonna say Spider-Man. Solid. Um, now, here's a little follow-up question before you answer yours. Okay. Do you consider Batman a superhero? Since he technically, like, he technically doesn't have super powers, he has a lot of cool gadgets. Yeah. But do you consider Batman a superhero or just a rich guy with way too much money that can purchase all kinds of expensive stuff and fight crime? You know, I feel like that's a hard question. I would consider him a superhero. Okay. You know, and I mean, I guess what's the definition of a superhero? Very true. So you, I mean, like I, in my head, I'm like a superhero is usually like a masked identity, right? Like you don't know who. But usually, they yeah. Are, usually, and they like save the day. I'm yeah, like, they step Batman. up. They do, you know, super uh, superhero things. They yeah. do uh, for good. Okay. Yeah, I would say Batman's a superhero. Okay. How do you feel about that? I was always on the fence, um, depending on my mood. Sometimes I'd be like, eh, he's just a rich guy who yeah. tries to do good. But um, I like your answer. I'll go with, he's, like, a, I'll he, go with he's, a, he's a superhero. He puts in the work, you know? He does. He does. He does. All right, now that being said, who's your favorite superhero? It's such a 
hard question. <laughs> um, Says the person who I asked know, it. I know, I know. And here's the thing is, like, I do love superheroes. Like, I did grow up, grow up reading comics, and um, I love, like, all the superhero movies. And I would say I have, like, a few different answers. There's a very special place in my heart for the Silver Surfer, because that's, like, one of my dad's okay. favorites. So, like, that's, like, going way back. That's, yeah. like, 70s, I think. 60s, 70s? So that's actually one of my dad's favorites. And I think it's, like, one of those things, because, like, growing up, he loved it. So, like, I also loved it. So special place in my heart for that. It was, like, one of the first ones I ever read. Just, like, picked up a comic and read, because we had it at my house. Okay. Um, so, like, a special place in my heart. I wouldn't say, like, my absolute favorite, but just a special place in my heart. Okay. Um, I do also love Spider-Man. And speaking of Batman, I love Batgirl. Really? And I think that was just a phase where I was, like, I thought she was a super cool, like, female superhero. And, yeah. Okay. I would say, there's so many superheroes. Spider-Man 2, I love Spider-Man. This is a very hard question. It is. Yeah. It is. So you're just like I'm all over. You're just like you know what I love them all. It depends on the day. <laughs> uh, I love it. Around I'm like there's so many superhero things. Which is you know it's understandable. So we're we're gonna all right. We'll make it a little easier for okay. you. Are you more of like the classic superheroes or more of like some of the newer generation type of superheroes? Can you give me an example of newer generation superhero? Um. I guess newer generation to me would be like I guess some of the newer X Men characters okay. or uh, what's that one that Ryan Reynolds plays like Daredevil Deadpool. isn't that kind of like a a new or not Daredevil is it Daredevil um Deadpool Deadpool yeah Deadpool I feel like that's like a newer character or or are you more of like the classic like Superman Spider Man Batman Batgirl so uh, I guess I would say I, I'm more of a class. If you want to call it classic, classic. classic. Um, I love Deadpool too, though. I I'm sorry. I hate I hate Superman. I think he's okay. the worst. I, I think he's the all like he can do everything. <laughs> he's allergic to a rock. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like all right. He's just like oh, okay. <clears throat> he's Super, like yeah yeah, yeah you like, got you can do everything. It's fine. I get it. You're cool. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's like the guy that's the the favorite like in sports teams like all right like just get out of here yeah we, we're sick of you yeah i always found i always thought it was ridiculous that just by taking off his glasses it's like oh my god who is this guy you know i thought the same for the longest time but <laughs> as you might know i wear glasses yeah did you know that i'm like i don't i feel like i was i was gonna say I think I remember seeing you with glasses a few times. So Not like, many times. Usually, usually when I do like more sport things or if I'm more active, I wear my contacts. And then I, I teach a lot with my glasses because I don't feel like putting my contacts in in the morning. Let me tell you, this first half of the school year, I wore my glasses. And then the one day I took them off to put in con- like my kids thought I was someone else. They really like, like especially the like, kindergartners, first graders, second graders, they're like, who are you? <laughs> so I get it now. Like, I understand. It's a good disguise. So that's like your alter ego. That's... When you when you put on the glasses, yeah. you're like Professor uh, Professor uh, Doyle over there. Yeah. But when you, when you they... take them off, you're Coach Doyle. Coach Doyle. I really never <laughs> thought there was a difference, apparently, to my kids there are. So that's okay. Very good. I like that. All right. Question four. Five. Who's coming up with question five? As there's that dead silence. <laughs> <laughs> and Megan gives me the point. I, the finger guns. All right. So question five. All right. Uh, let's see. All right. We talked about um, 
bucket list items that you haven't completed, what's one thing that comes to mind that was a bucket list? And I kind of already answered this for me, but was a bucket list item that you completed? There had to be something that you were, whether it was, even if it was just something like for a couple of years, you're like, oh my God, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. And you accomplished it. Like there had, there, what's one thing that you quote unquote already knocked off your bucket list? For me, it was skydiving. That was, that was bar none, something that I've wanted to do ever since I was, I don't know, maybe seven, eight years old, even though yeah. I hate heights. Like you put me on a 10 foot ladder and I'm shaking in my boots. So for me, that was, I've also gone bungee jumping too, which was awesome. How was that? That was cool. And I thought it was going to rip my ankles apart. I'm very nervous. I did not even know I was going back up in the air until I was probably halfway up. That's like another one. I look at it. I'm like, my leg's going to dislocate. <laughs> but you really, and I was nervous, especially like I thought it was going to rip my hip, my ankle. It, I didn't feel a thing. Yeah. So that was really cool. But yeah, so skydiving was one thing that I knocked off my list. That's a really hard question. Um, I have no hopes and dreams, so... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you have a lot of hopes I'm and dreams. I'm sure I do. Um, I think a lot, like, jobs... Like, and it probably sounds so lame, but, like, I was always, like, nervous, like, going through school, like, finding a job. I'm like, am I ever going to find a job? Like, I would get very nervous. So I think, like, my first... Like teaching position, my first like even with soccer, I'm like that was such an accompli- accomplishment for me where I was like, oh, like amazing, like you did great, Megan. Um, I don't think that's a bucket list thing though. It could be. Um, I guess I could also say I've playing lacrosse in like high school and college. I've never won a championship, and that was like always, always my bucket list was like I wanted to win a championship in lacrosse. And then this past summer, I played in a summer league and I won a championship game in a there summer we go. league. I'm like that's. Absolutely. Hey, it doesn't matter where yeah. you get that title. I'm like, again, this is one of those questions. I'm sure there's something and I'll be driving home and I'll think of it. And I'll be like, <laughs> oh, Megan, <laughs> that's such a hard question. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I'm just Listen, to live those my best were, life over here. Those were all great answers, <laughs> yeah. though. I mean, I'm not sure if they were great, Larry, but they were they were great. How about you? Maybe for me, you, yeah, skydiving. Oh, you said yes. skydiving, and even you know what? Even doing, even doing this podcast. You know how many times I, yeah. especially before I started, I'm like, you know what? I should try a podcast. And this is going back for like years. I'm like, you know what? That's pretty cool. Where can yeah. I? And, it, and I remember even getting introduced to uh, Matt Johnson, who, who runs the studio, runs the podcast. Um, just getting introduced to him, where I finally like, all right. It still took me a while. But like, all right, I gotta. I got to do this. Do I really want to do this? Am I going to be good at this? Am I going to yeah. fail at this? Um, you know, just finally doing it after the first episode, I was like, all right, that's, that wasn't yeah. that bad. But like you have that sense of accomplishment, but then yeah. you're like, all right, I want to keep going. Like, this is pretty cool. Can I say my bucket list that I've completed was being on your podcast? <laughs> <laughs> and I still remember, I think you were either episode two or three. You were really early on. I was like, yeah, I was one of your first guests, I think. And I remember asking you and you were super nervous and you're like, oh, my God, I'm going to like, I, I don't know what to say. I'm, just, I'm like, I can just relax. It's going to be fine. And you did amazing. And I went back. I'm so sorry to say I have. A very like I I cannot listen to myself, so I've never listened to any of the episodes that like I've been in. But I did go back and try to listen to the first one, and I heard myself start to talk where I was like, uh, um, yeah. So like I could tell how nervous I was, and I just <laughs> turned it off right there. <laughs> and listen to you now. Look at you now. Yeah. You are doing you like I said every episode. I think this is in, in all honesty. I think this is your fifth or sixth. 
episode that you've been on, and yeah. you've you've rocked them all. Thank you. Absolutely. You rock them all. No, no, no. I just try your, not to look I, like a fool. I didn't listen to it. How was your solo episode? You know what? I didn't listen to it. And that's another thing. You <laughs> talked about the sound of your voice. Yeah. This is our 46th episode, and <laughs> this sounds terrible because I want everybody to listen. I want everybody to... to I, I think I've listened to maybe a combined total of 10 minutes. I'm like, I feel like because it's you and because it's your voice, like does any person who makes podcasts, do they really listen to their own episodes? That's an interesting question. I'm like, you always you already know what's going to happen. Oh, for sure. But it's funny, like even like when Sarah or Vicky, like if they're listening to them at home, I'll go to another room. Yeah. Or I'll be like, okay, can you put on your earbuds? Can you like, I just, and, and maybe this is everybody. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is just everybody. I just, I really I, I get, I, it, I don't like this, not that I don't like the sound of my own voice, I just get uber self-conscious. Yeah, I'm like, no, okay, I, I just don't want to, ooh, I said that and I didn't think I said that. Ooh, I said, like, it just sounds, it just hits my ears weird. Yeah. It just hits my ears weird. I, I get it. I've, I want you to have all the listeners in the world, but I refuse <laughs> to tell my family what podcast this is. Oh, <laughs> you've got to have that. I'm sure they're going to love it. Uh... We'll we'll get it out to the Doyle family no, at it's, some it's point. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they should hear you because you do a fantastic job on it. All right. Speaking of that, Megan, it is time to wrap things up. Thank you so much. And again, this was last minute. I think I asked yeah. you at like twelve o'clock today, eleven sure o'clock did. today. As always, you know, That's I prepare. Okay. <laughs> um, Look, I think it went well. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming out here last minute and doing this with me. Thank you so much for having me as N- always. No problem. You are you are welcome anytime on here. We'll see you next week. Oh, I'm, kidding. Hey, I'm kidding. Come back on. Come back on. Um, again, for those of you who want to follow us on, on Instagram, on Facebook, at Stories from the Sidelines, make sure you check out our episodes. Also on Facebook, if you have any idea for an episode or if you'd like to be a guest on here, please send me a direct message and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And as always, we will see you next week for another exciting episode of Stories from the Sidelines.